Hi, I'm Keith Chapman, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is Paw Patrol and Bob the Builder mastermind, Keith Chapman. Keith just celebrated the 10th anniversary of Paw Patrol with a second feature film called Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie, which was produced by Spin Master Entertainment. We talk about his early career with the Jim Henson Company, the business of intellectual property, and more during this episode. Keith, welcome to Five Questions. Thank you, Dan. Very thrilled and excited to be on your show. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you here. And you have a really fascinating backstory. Paw Patrol isn't just your one hit in your career. You're more than a one hit wonder. How did your experience designing characters at Jim Henson and working at an ad agency form the foundation for your career? The ad agency in particular really helped because in advertising, you know, working as an art director, teamed up with a writer, we were allowed in those days, in the golden years of advertising, to disappear with a big magic marker and a big pad, go down the pub and just come up with ideas and go back and show the creative director. As long as we came up with the ideas, he was fine. But it was all about just coming up with ideas, 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 and then pitching those to the clients. And we were always looking for what we used to call the USP in advertising, unique selling proposition. And I think that stayed with me on the stuff that I do now for kids. I'm always looking for something original, a big idea that can translate into many episodes that writers can really get their teeth into. That really has helped me, I think, to search for that unique you know, idea within the show to try and make it stand out. Yeah, and you're both kind of the creative, but you also have that business mind. So the combination of both in the arts world it's extremely powerful. I've talked to obviously a lot of celebrities and creatives, designers, and that seems to be where people go wrong is not understanding the unique value proposition as as I like to call it in business. I'm going to ask you about your time working in Bob the Builder, what you learned about intellectual property from you know your lawyer and the people around you. Primarily about how important it is to make sure that you're protected with a very good legal document because you know when you sell your concept into a production company and they want to option it, a green sort of inexperienced creator trying to sell their first show, it's easy to get sort of sidetracked. You just want the deal so much, you kind of don't really pay attention too much to what it is being offered. And I was lucky I had a very good agent. So learning about making sure that you've got a really strong contract that gives you consulting fees, rights fees per episode, back-end profit participation based on net profit after all costs are recouped and everybody gets their money back. And then, of course, it's into profit and everybody's winning then because the company that took the risk paid back their investors or production costs or their marketing costs and everybody then is making profit. So they don't mind then paying you your back end, if you like. Yeah, the incentives um, are aligned. And aside from Bob the Builder, obviously you're known for Paw Patrol. What do you think has led to Paw Patrol becoming a billion dollar empire with shows, movies, toys, and books? First of all, I, I wasn't sure that I'd ever seen one as big as Bob before. I mean, that did close to $5 billion global sales. Um, actually, Bob will be 25 years old, celebrating quarter of a century next April. I never thought I'd see something as big as Bob. You know, when Trinity came up with Paul with Spin Master, they sent a brief to me with several other creatives around the world to, to have a pitch at this boys action adventure show, which it originally was supposed to be. And it was all based on this amazing 
technology that Spinmaster had developed, this transforming toy technology. And they wanted to have emergency vehicles, obviously, in the show because they're a toy company and they wanted to make it work. But I think the key idea for me was coming up with, originally it was rescue dogs that have been taken in by a young boy and taught to rescue people in their individual emergency vehicles. And the kennels were the transforming element of that. It's got the nurturing element, which is the pups and the cuteness. Both boys and girls are buying into that. They love that. And of course, you've got the high-tech, action-packed, sort of, you know, sexy kind of vehicle play, which is probably a little bit more boy-skewed, but that really works as well. So you've got this show that combines two things. Boys and girls are loving it. And the amazing thing for me that's come out of it is how widespread the audience is it's from two to at least seven so you've got a five-year span now usually on preschool you get a two-year sweet spot you know like bob the builders like classic two to four with Paw patrol we've been really lucky with this very wide age span where they're watching it very young and they're kind of staying with it till till quite old but then of course we've got another audience which has happened since the movie's released because the movie takes it up a few gears on the stakes are much higher the quality of the animation is, is obviously movie quality it looks amazing on screen so you're getting even older kids going to see the Paw Patrol movies so that's been pretty cool yeah it's amazing I, I was talking with my wife this morning she's like one of her friends has a seven-year-old who watches Paw Patrol that age group up to seven years old but it's going to continue to expand going back to what we were talking about earlier about not just kind of the content, but the business aspect. Why has the merchandising of Paw Patrol been a higher priority over the content? And how is that different than the time in which he worked at Henson? The fact that Paw Patrol is so appealing to all age groups, boys and girls, has really helped the merchandising. It appeals, it's universal. It appeals, as I say, to every country. It has just taken off, you know, it's up to $14, $15 billion now. So it's gone over three times what Bob did. The Muppets was big, but then the Muppets, don't forget, was more of a primetime show, more of a, a sort of adult type show. Kids did watch it, but adults were watching it. We were all watching it at art college. We'd run out from art college to watch the Muppets. And it did amazingly well with its, with its merchandising. And of course, in those days, they were getting primetime license fees for the TV show. So Jim Henson was making fortunes on the broadcasting income as well as the licensing, you know, merchandising and licensing. Preschool shows, you don't get that sort of income on broadcasting. It's much more difficult to get a good deal with a broadcaster. They're not paying license fees like they used to. So to get a show away is, is really still very tricky. Very competitive. I remember it's watching a documentary about the Ninja Turtles and how they had action figures. Yeah. But in order to sell the action figures, they created a TV show. So the merchandising mm -hmm. happened before the media. Before, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's that's some sometimes sometimes happens. Or something could come through on a very successful book, let's say, publishing uh, concept. A TV company or production company will option the rights to the books and turn that into a TV show. Di Diary of a Wimpy Kid, I had that author on, Jeff Kinney. So there could be merch already out there on the shelves in some form, in a smaller way. Yeah, there's different ways of going about it. What is your best piece of career advice? You know, you can be talented. There are many talented artists and creators. But, you know, you've got to back that up with drive and ambition. You've got to have that real ambition to, to want to make it. Basically the same in any, you know, sport. If you look at any great sportsman, you know, there's just something. They have the talent, but they've got the drive and they've got the belief 
that they're going to make it. And I think that you need that in the same way in creating shows and movies. You have to stick with that idea. You have to totally believe it. Don't listen to people who say, oh, you'll never get anywhere with that. You know, oh God, are you still doing that? You know, why don't you give up? Stay with the dream and, and just keep going. Even if it means you've got to take another job to earn the money, to pay the mortgage, you just do this at weekends and night times, which is exactly what I did. Because it's all speculative, all creative stuff really is. Until you get something away, it's all time. My time. parents used to say, don't quit your day job. Yeah, exactly. So until you get that success, you can't really then, you know, do it as a full-time career. I've been lucky I had that. So I've got that financial freedom now to be able to do this as a job and work anywhere in the world, which is which is really nice. But you have to keep on, you know, you have to be like a sort of dog with a bone. And then eventually we get a bit of luck. It's all about timing and meeting yeah. the right person at the right time, a lot of it. The three things you need. Obviously, the talent. You need some talent. You've got to have be able to come up with good ideas and you've got to be creative. You've got to have the determination, but you need a little bit of luck as well as any successful person in the world will tell you. He had a little bit of luck along the way. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Keith. To follow his journey, you could watch Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Bell. And please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes.